Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you're about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. And it says, and I'm reading now the English Standard Version, it says, So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. It said, walking in the fear of the Lord, which I talked a little bit about the first week. And the second part is in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And I believe today, as I minister on the Holy Spirit, That you're going to understand who he is. Because from the beginning, God spoke everything into existence. And as he spoke, the Holy Spirit performed the work. He was on the face of the waters. He was on the face of the earth. And as God said, let there be, the Holy Spirit went out and did it. His word spoke it into motion. And the Holy Spirit was involved. We saw that when Jesus got baptized on the day where John the Baptist was in the water, that the Holy Spirit came on Jesus, and he was endued with power. And then from that moment, Jesus, for three and a half years, saw or performed miracles, signs, and wonders everywhere that he went. We see that when Jesus left the earth, And ascended up to heaven, he told 500 of his disciples to go to a place and to wait for the Holy Spirit or the helper or comforter, and he will show up. And out of the 500, only 120 listened to Jesus. And as they were in that upper room in Acts chapter 2, it says that they were filled with the Holy Ghost And with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And through that, people heard it and thought they were drunk and crazy. And they could hear their own language. And then Peter said, we are not drunk as some may think we are. And he begins to preach to them the gospel. Of what they have witnessed. Of what they have experienced with Jesus. And then it says from that message that 3,000 were added to the church. Or the start of the early church. 3,000, think about it, from one message. And it came because the power of the Holy Ghost that was on Peter as he ministered the word of God. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, but you shall receive power. And what's the purpose of this power that's working within us, that's been given to be upon us? Because there's two works of the Holy Spirit. There is an inward work, which happens in salvation, and then there is a outward work which is the manifestation of the Holy Ghost and the evidence of speaking in tongues and the power of God that's evident with the gifts of the Spirit and manifestation and operation. At this church, we believe in the gifts of the Spirit. And if you do not know what that means, you can take some time in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and read. And or you can go through our class, our pursuit, and learn about the Holy Ghost, that he is more than just what we might think is fire, wind, And something that hits us, and we say that's the Holy Ghost. It's more than that. He's actually a person. 
<laughs> Can I get an amen? But in Acts chapter 9, verse 31, it says that the church throughout Judea, Galilee, Samaria had peace and was being built up. Built up. And I believe that's what God is doing in this year. I believe that this is what God is doing right now in our time in this moment. And before I get any further, let me pray. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus, and I thank you for every single person here right now. I thank you, God, that their heart is open to receive from the Word of God, that their heart is able to receive from the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are in this house because Jesus has left this earth, and you have come, and you are the Spirit of truth who guides us in all truth. And I thank you today... As I speak and minister the word of God, in the same way that you went out when God spoke the word, I think that you're going out today within every single person, every single believer, that you are performing within their lives. In the name of Jesus, amen. So you got a church, it says, that grew in Judea, Galilee, and Samaria, and they had peace. Can I tell you today that the church has to have peace in order to build we know that I ministered a couple of weeks ago on that the peace of God comes from God himself because he is the prince of peace. So if you do not have peace today, you need to get in the throne room and spend time with him because he is peace. If you have frustration, anger, chaos within the home, chaos within your mind, if you are experiencing that, it's because you are not in that secret place or in that place with God because you cannot tell me that you spend time with God and come out the same person. You can't because when you spend time with God, you come out transformed because we know that Romans chapter 12 says that renewing our mind causes transformation and we renew it to what? The word of God. And as we renew it to the word of God and this transformation takes place within our life, Meaning we change. Our nature changes to what's been changed in us already at salvation. Meaning that you have a spirit inside of you that is saved and no longer dead, but it is alive. And as you begin to live according to that spirit and not according to your flesh, you will experience the spirit of God. You will experience the fruit of the spirit. So I want to encourage you as we are being Built up, it comes from a place of peace. What does built up look like? I can tell you one thing, that there are two things in this world, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness. Both of them have a king or a ruler. We know that Satan is the ruler of darkness, that he is the father of lies, right? We know that we have God who is the Lord God Almighty, Jehovah, Yahweh, Adonai. I mean, there's so many names for God. We got two kingdoms on this earth. And we get an op- option or an opportunity to choose which one we are going to live according to. And thank God that we have an option to live according to the kingdom of God. Amen. Thank God that God provided a way for me and you of escape. And his name is Jesus. And today you can come boldly to that throne and obtain grace or mercy to help you in time of need. But can I tell you, it's going to take you doing something. When I think of being built up, 
The opposite would be tear down. When I think of constructing, we are building something. We're constructing something. And this is who God is. God is the creator. God is the constructor. And you are living in a time where there's a lot of deconstructing happening. And that comes from the spirit of this age, from the enemy, from Satan, because he wants to deconstruct everything that God has constructed. He wants to take everything that God has made and tear it down. That's why, have you ever noticed that you are living in a time where this idea of critical theory is high and big? And everything comes out of it. It's been taught in universities. It's been taught in schools. It's been taught in, through different out the world. And it's taking a precedence or it's trying to because Satan is behind it. Because ultimately Satan is a critic. And he wants to create or critique everything that God creates. And he will do that through lying and manipulating and deceiving us, if we allow him to. But as we are being built up in God, it says this, walking in the fear of the Lord, which we talked about, but right here, and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Comfort only comes from God. It doesn't come from a bottle. It doesn't come from a pill. It doesn't come from a TV show, it doesn't even really come from your spouse. It comes from him because he's the only one that can satisfy you more than anything in this world. And that thought in itself is very challenging for most because we are still living according to the course of this world. And that comes from a place of not being in fellowship and relationship with him. But it's very easy to get back to that place. Can I tell you today... That right now in this moment, that you could literally come to God, you could pray within your heart and speak out to him, and he will rescue you and save you? It's good news. The good news is what? That God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for you and me today, and that if we would believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that he is Lord, we shall be saved. Everything else is this process. Everything else is discipline. And this is where the challenge lies, is being disciplined. Two weeks ago, I said that in order for multiplication to happen within this church, within your individual life and your family, it's going to take you taking the word and doing something different. And it will be challenging. It will be hard. It will be difficult. You will meet various trials and temptations along the way. But because you have someone in you, it says that greater is he that's in, or greater is he that's in you than he that's in this world. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. We know that we're going to go through things. But the Holy Spirit, who is he? The Holy Spirit isn't a force of power, but he's a person. He has identity. He has character. He acts like a person. He should be treated as a person. He is part of the Trinity. He's not a carnal man, but a spirit. See, the scripture 
attributes to the Holy Spirit characteristics that only a person can possess. He's a thinking being, meaning that he has the capacity or he has the intellectual capacity to think. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10 says, But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. So the Holy Spirit thinks and reason. He has a personality. He's an emotional being. The Holy Spirit not only thinks like a person, but he has feelings like a person, and he can give and receive love. Romans 15, verse 30 says, Now I beg you, brethren, through the Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in your prayers to God for me. It says, and through the love of the Spirit. He can be grieved. And that word grieved means to make sad or sorrowful. Ephesians 4, chapter, or chapter 4, verse 30 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So if you're saved today, the Spirit of God is in you. He is with you. He is walking among us. And do you know that you can grieve him? You can make him sad by how you live, by how you think, by what you do. But don't get discouraged. Because in John chapter 16... If you'll turn your Bible there, John chapter 16. And I'm not going to read all of the chapter. I could, but I'm not going to. John chapter 16. And I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. In verse 7, it says this. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper or the comforter will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin because they do not believe in me. Meaning, if you don't believe in him, that's a sin. He's going to convict them of that. He's going to convict you of that. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father, and we know that we have right standing in God, amen, through Christ Jesus. And in verse 11, concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world, and he's talking about Satan, is judged. Today, you... Do not have to live under the bondage and under the dominion of Satan. But that comes from a place of walking intimately with God. God wants you to be multiplied. God wants you to have an abundance. God wants you to grow. But it's going to be hard to be built up and grow and have the comfort of the Holy Spirit when you are constantly living according to the things of this world, it, it'll be impossible. There's multiple stories within the Bible. In Judges, for instance, Samson and Delilah. I was studying this earlier this week. Samson had strength given to him by God. And Delilah, three times, tried to figure out what was his source of strength. And he lied to her, of course. But at 
At one point, he finally gave in to the temptation and the lie of the thought that he loved her. And because of it, she found out his source of strength. What's crazy when you read the scripture, it says that when she cut his hair, he didn't even know the spirit of the Lord left him. He had no clue. And when the Philistines came in, he thought he was going to be able to defeat them because he didn't know the spirit of God was gone. And he tried. This is the gouged his eyes out. They tied him up. See, if we are not careful, if we don't continue to serve and follow after God every day, because that's what it's going to take, because you can't just come do it on a Sunday morning. It won't work. That's like if I was to do a diet and start on the first day and then just give up and expect to lose weight. I'm not going to. It's like if I wanted to see my kids raised, be raised in the house of God and serve God, I'm going to have to be disciplined and bring them to the house of God and teach them the word. I will have to daily show them that. I can't expect it just to happen. See, there is something that you need as a Christian, and that is discipline. And discipline, if you continue to read in John and go to, towards the end of 16... Let's start in, you know what, actually, go to Hebrews, that's where it says, sorry, Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12, yeah, there it is, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5. And it says, and have you forgotten the exhortation that addressed you as sons? My sons, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. <laughs> For the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastises every son whom he receives. In verse 7, it is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons, for what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. The Bible says bastards. Besides this, we have earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits than live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. He's talking about your natural father. But he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. For the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. Can I get an amen? <laughs> but later, this is it, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, here's the good part, 
Lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees. And make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Can I tell you that God's will and purpose and desire for you is to walk in healing? Not just healing in your body, but healing in your mind, healing in your heart. That's his desire for you. He doesn't want you living broken, busted, and disgusted on this earth. He doesn't want you constantly tore down and having the weight and the pressure of life weighing you down. If you look at the word weight, when it talks about don't let this weight so easily beset you, the word weight is like a mass that causes pressure and can cause you to bend or break. I don't know if you've ever felt life like that, where you just, you're on the place where you just feel like, I got no more left in me. I got no more fight in me. I got nothing left. And that's what living for the things of this world will do. It will literally take the life from you. There is a cost to it. But just like there's a cost to living for this world, can I tell you that there is a cost that Jesus paid for you and me. And in that, knowing that we have freedom and liberty in Christ Jesus, we have redemption through him. And as we receive of that and walk in it, because that's what you're going to have to do if you continue or go back a little bit, it says in verse 11, for this moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields or it produces the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Think about that, trained by it. Discipline will train you. One of the things that I've made a decision to do in the past probably three months of my life, and I say this openly, is I've allowed myself to be disciplined. And because of it, it has changed the way I do things. Five or six years ago, I had a lot of issues with discipline. And what I mean by that was staying focused, staying on the test, moving forward, not getting lazy, not staying, you know, just comfortable, stagnant. But within the past three months, I've learned if through this life of discipline, because that's really what it is, I've been trained by it. And as I've allowed discipline to train me, I've experienced God at a greater level. What I mean by that, I finally just got to that place where he wanted me to be. (laughs) God wants you to know him. God wants to know you. And through that, it's going to take you getting to the place with him every single day. Nothing in this life will satisfy you more than him. If you are having an issue with the sin, discipline yourself through his word. If you are an issue within your marriage, discipline yourself within his word. If you are having an issue with your kids, discipline yourself within his word. If you are having an issue with your job, with your business, with anything in life, discipline yourself with, your, with his word because it will train you. And what do I mean by train? Who's ever been to a gym? Who's ever had a personal trainer? Now, you know that the personal trainer knows a little bit more than you, right? A lot of times the person getting trained feel like they know more than the trainer, though. And we're the same way with God. We think we know more than God. 
Have you ever been told by your personal trainer, do this, do that, and you do the complete opposite? Right? Man, I just want to lose weight. All right, don't eat this. Do more cardio. Cut that away. Set some goals. But yeah, but I still, I want to lose weight. And they keep on giving you the same thing over and over. It never changes, right? The advice never changes. It's the same thing. But you want to hear something different. You want something new, something, you know, revelation. Maybe it's a pill. Maybe it's a drink. And we in this culture and day and age, we've tried to make things like that. We know they don't work. The only thing that truly works is discipline and hard work. So why would it be any different when it comes to walking with God? God has used all these things within this world for us for a reason. There are laws in motion and in place. We know that when we plant seed, that there's a process of that seed to grow and to be able to be harvested. It's the same way in your life. We get saved, but guess what? Can I tell you that there's a process of growing and being disciplined and maturing in this challenge. But as you grow, as you discipline yourself and allowing that to train you, you will be able to overcome. You will be able to get to that place where you want to get to. And that's done because you see who he is. And when you see who he is, then you'll know who you are. The Bible says in John chapter 16, verse 33, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. Because in the world, you're going to have tribulation. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. Jesus. You're going to go through things. But when you put your trust in him, when you put your confidence in him, when you immerse yourself with him every day, you're growing, you're developing, you're disciplining yourself, you're focused, take heart. Because he's overcome the world. I can tell you right now, I'd rather go through something with God than try to do it on my own. It's a lot harder, and I've tried to do it by my own, and it doesn't work. How many can agree with me? It doesn't work. It leads to a whole bunch of unwanted things. See, the Holy Spirit convicts. And a lot of times we feel condemnation. Well, that comes from sin. you got to remember that Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. But if you are feeling the guilt and the shame and condemnation, that's because of sin. That is what sin is made to do. It makes you feel bad. It makes you feel like you missed the mark because that's what sin is. It makes you feel like you've made error. But the Holy Spirit will convict you. But see, sometimes as Christians, we get to a place where we don't hear the Spirit of the Lord anymore, where the voice becomes distant or becomes separated from it because of being so engulfed in sin. And this, for a believer, could be a tough spot because this is where compromise happens. But can I encourage you today to not compromise but to commit your life to him? And even through all the years of compromise or things you've done, you have been given 
a sacrifice, and his name is Jesus, and he's given his life for you. He is the Lamb of God, and today you can get right in your heart. Just change it. The Bible says in John chapter 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. So the Holy Spirit is not speaking on his own behalf, but he's speaking on the behalf of God. Have you ever heard just your spirit speaking to you? You just know that's God? Well, that is God speaking to you. He's speaking to you through his spirit, through the Holy Spirit. And it says that whatever he hears, speaking of the Holy Spirit, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. And he will glorify him for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Can I tell you that the spirit of truth is already here today? When Jesus was telling this to disciples, they didn't have him yet. Jesus was still on the earth. But me and you, we have the Holy Spirit. And he's with us. And I believe in this word of multiplication. If you will begin to create or build a relationship with the Holy Ghost, begin to know him. You will begin to experience his comfort, his help, his direction, because he is a guide and a lead. And as you hold on to what God's promised you and spoken to you through his word, knowing that you're not alone, knowing that you don't have to try to do it all on your own. You don't have to. That's the beauty of this. And some of you men that think that I don't need help, you do. You probably are the ones that need it the most. Because we can't come to God with a mask. He knows our true intent of our heart. And when you come to God open and saying, I can't do this, I'm on, I need you. Instead of trying to figure it out, make ways in your mind and try to make things happen, they won't have the same effect as him. They won't have the same effect as his word. Because the reality is all this, why do we need this? Why am I even talking about this? Because there are people out there that need God. And if you are not spiritually strong enough and you don't have a strong enough influence within you of serving God and who he is and keeping yourself like that temple of God, because you are, he resides in you. How are men and women around you going to experience and be affected if you yourself are not encompassed by that every single day. Because that's why we're here. You're here to be a witness. To be a witness. To be a preacher. To be a minister. Maybe not from a pulpit. Maybe some of you are. I don't know. But everywhere you are. And your job and your family, you can't do this on your own. You won't be able to. And even on top of that, God doesn't want you to do it on your own. You need to do it with the people around you. You need to trust in them. 
See, can I encourage you that there are certain levels of friendships. Not everybody needs to know everything that you know. Not everybody needs to be invited and have an opportunity to speak into your life. The only people that should really know the true intent of your heart, if I could be straight up and real with you, are people that you know that truly love you and care for you and that are gonna speak into you and are gonna pray for you. People that talk bad about you and talk about you, those aren't your friends. They don't care about you. And sometimes that can be hard for us because we want those relationships. And I'm not saying you can't keep those relationships, but I'm saying maybe you need to distance yourself on how you see them within your life. Because sometimes we put requirements and expectations on people that they're not able, and ha- able to handle. I wouldn't just tell you everything until I really know you. There's very few people I talk to about anything, but I know if I tell them something, what I'm gonna get in return. But if I was just go to some random person and say, man, this, this, and that, I probably would get something that would not be good for me and beneficial to my life. And most people that agree with you, <laughs> if I can say it this way, if you have a person that you always speak to that always agrees with everything you say, like, yeah, you're right, be careful. Have wisdom. Because true friends will tell you when you're wrong. And it might hurt you. You might not like it. Some of the greatest love I've ever received from people within my life is correction. And it wasn't great at the moment, just like the Bible says here, God disciplines us. It doesn't always feel good, but it will produce something out of us. This is what God's given you your pastor. I'm talking about Pastor Brian. He's given you a pastor to help you, to shape you, to mold you according to his word, God's word, not his word. He's put them in your lives. Maybe you don't know them that way yet. But it's in this house, the very culture and the vision of this house is within the leaders, it's within the men and women in this church. And I want to encourage you right now as you stand to your feet. With this scripture, it's Proverbs chapter 23. And everyone knows this scripture. But I want to encourage you with it. I'm just going to read it. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy, they follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever.
Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.